Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Chris. Today we've got another Napalm uh, Records artist, uh, Victorious. And if you're looking for him, it's Victorious Metal. Uh, looks like they're German. And I don't... We were just talking about this. I don't know how you want to explain them. Can you explain them, Chris? Um, it's like, take power metal and then make it more power metal. <laughs> And then add a dash of power metal on top. Yeah, there you go. That's a fair enough uh, assumption. So it's it's traditional European power metal for anybody who hasn't picked up on what Chris said. Yeah, I'll you summarize def- it for you. You. Can, you can definitely hear a little Iron Maiden influence, I think, in what they're doing. Um, but it doesn't sound like Iron Maiden, if that makes any sense. It does. And again, we've been on a roll here. This is another well, well-produced record. Yo, God, it sounds perfect. And the album is called, well, I guess it came out last week, right? So last Friday, Space Ninjas from Hell, from Victorious. Nice. So who are we speaking with? We are speaking with guitarist Dirk, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Dirk Sharshik. Yeah, that guy. Okay. (laughs) And if you want to hang out, I'll go ahead and grab him on the line. Let's do it. All right. How do you pronounce that name again, Chris? Dirk what? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Dirk Dirk something. Uh, hey, Dirk, how are you? Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet, meet you. you. Uh, Bruce, that's my partner, Chris. How you doing? Hi, man. I'm fine, thank you. Awesome. Where, where exactly are you at? You're in uh, in Germany somewhere? Yeah, somewhere in eastern Germany. Oh, nice. Yeah. Not so, much going on here, so, yeah. <laughs> is, is it cold over there? Yeah, uh, cold, and, cold and rainy. Ah, oh, that's the worst. That's gross. But it's good Typical for metal German, German, because you can stay inside and write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> anyway, if you don't mind, we can just go ahead and jump in. Um, I guess Space Ninjas from Hell came out last week, right? Yeah, on Friday, exactly. Now that it's out and you've had a time to had a little bit of time to sit with it, how do you feel about it? And are you satisfied with the outcome? Um, I'm cool with it so far. The response and the critics were kind of good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy, so to say. It's all went very well. We're happy about the release. Very excited inside the band. The mood is very good inside the band, and yeah, we're happy that it's released finally. <laughs> what kind of t- what kind of time frame was there between like you know sitting down and recording it to when it came out? Was there a long period of time? A very long period of time. We finished everything in May, so the com- complete. Um, CD was mastered and all that stuff in May 2019. The, oh, wow. The, the, yeah, the artwork was finished and everything. And then, yeah, we had to wait about, what is it, eight months or something like that? Yeah, until January. Um, yeah, until Napalm Records released it. But, yeah, it's it's okay. You know, you have that when you have so much time, you have a lot of things to do, which is kind of good when you have so much time, you have to, to make the videos and the photo shoots and all that stuff. Um, so you have a lot of time to prepare everything. Right. Okay. Chris. Um, did you take any time to write during that break? Uh, during that break, not, not really, no, because I keep the tradition that I don't write any new music until the latest album is released. So, which means that right now I can begin to write new music, (laughs) but in in between this, I so much focused on the upcoming release. I don't have 
my mind free for for any new music because for me it's very I wouldn't say hard, I would not say difficult, but it's kind of stressful to record everything, to write a whole album and all that stuff. So and I'm not that guy that writes songs all the time, you know. Right. Oh, that's really cool. A lot of a lot of people that I talk to, as soon as their record's done, that's when they feel the most inspired, you know, I know. to sit back down. But you're saying the opposite. You don't want to do that until it's time. Yeah, it, 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 it feels a bit like burned out, you know, um, if you know what I mean. But as I said, being in the studio for so many weeks and months, and it's it's not it's not easy. It's kind of stressful, at least when you're when you have my part in the band to coordinate everything and you write almost everything and arrange everything. It's I'm happy when all this is done and when I have some 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 free time apart from the music, you know. Right. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> Where do you draw your inspiration from when you sit down to finally write? Oh, it's not that big story, actually. It just comes naturally from my mind, from our minds. We're just creative people. Um, but there is nothing special which inspires me. I would not say that there is any special kind of music or movies or comics or whatever almost everyone thinks that we're inspired by comics and movies and cartoons and all that stuff but that's not true actually so we're just creative people and everything comes from ourselves yeah nice is this your first uh release with napalm yeah it's the first awesome how has it been having the support of a label as opposed to doing it yourself um <laughs> well we had different labels before Napalm, I have to say. Okay. But of course, but of course, Napalm is the biggest now, and they working their asses off. They're a great team, great people we're working with. Um, you really can can feel the difference compared to the labels we've been before with, and how they work, and yeah, what is going on. And I'm doing so so many interviews, and we're getting so many responses from from the critics, and so many reviews, and all that stuff. It's uh, it's, a, it's a major part. It's really uh, the next level, so to say. That's awesome. Right. So, so you feel like it was a good decision to kind of go with a label as opposed to trying to go it any other way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess to reach as many people as possible, you have to work with a label, at least in my opinion, or at least with a big label as Napalm is. Um, and you really can see the benefits, I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Bruce? You, yeah, you guys are a, uh, a, quite a theatrical band. When you're writing, are you writing like with that stage presence and that sh- kind of show thing in mind? Or are you writing a songs just for the songs and then work the stage out later? <clears throat> uh, first of all, we are just working on the songs and all everything around, um, all these components come in later. Yeah. So first of all, there's the song, there is an idea, a song title um, in our cases. Um, and yeah, and then we work around uh, all this, this, this other stuff around, yeah. Awesome. Okay, yeah, because I'm looking at the uh, Supersonic Samurai video now, and that's, uh, that's super theatrical. Who's, uh, how did that come about? Was that you guys' idea, or is that uh, the producer? Yeah, it was, it, it was us, so we... From the beginning on, we had the idea to make a green screen video because it fits perfectly to our music because everything is over the top and so crazy and um, 
um, and all that stuff. So it was the was a natural decision to to create something crazy, which we can only um, achieve in a in a green screen studio. And then we went to the or get in contact with the director and said, "What do we have in mind? What is our vision for the video? What we uh, want to make?" And he said, "Yeah, great." I'm fine with us, with us, with that, guys. Um, so let's do it, and then everything worked out very well. That's yeah, it awesome. came out very nice. Yeah, it looks great. When yeah, uh, when I first uh, checked it out, Bruce said, "Oh, so what do you think?" And I said, "These guys sound like power metal, topped with power metal, with a little power metal sprinkled on top. Like it's <laughs> it's just so well done in in within that genre." Um, how do you feel being a power metal band? You know, do you want to, do you ever, um, do you hate it when people put that label on you? No. So it's a very, very, very big compliment what you say. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Because that was our intention from the very first second on we formed this band when we were 13 years old teenagers, we always wanted to play power metal, you know, um, and I'm proud to be in a power metal band. I know that everyone says what power metal, power metal is, is cheesy, it's gay, it's, uh, I hate power metal, you know. But we say, okay, we play power metal, let's make power metal great again. You know, <laughs> there are so, there yes. are so many, there, there are so many power metal bands who, uh, who hate this term power metal. They say, ah, we play heavy metal, you know. I don't like this term power metal. Let's say, let's call it heavy metal. But we are a band. Uh, who says no we are a power metal band we like power metal we love power metal and that's what that is what we always wanted to do and here we are we play power metal well it shows that's for sure yeah um yeah so you guys it looks like you're coming up on 10 years since you released your first record I don't know if it's been ten years. Yeah, it could, it's, could be possible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I'm I'm just looking at your wiki page, and it says in 2010 you released "Unleash oh. the Titans." Ah, yeah, but but I wouldn't call this as a debut album. I would say it's a it's a better demo. I would say. Ah, but, okay. yeah. Cool. Did so, you ever imagine? Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Well, how old were you guys when you started this band? Uh, we started in school when we were about 13 or 14 years old. We were teenagers. Nice. Yeah. And you've been together that whole time. Uh, the, the, the inner core, so to say. So consisting of me, our singer David, and the bass player Andy. We knew each other from, from school. And we said, okay, let's, let's start a band. And then we picked up which instrument everyone wants to, <laughs> wants to play. Um, but yeah, but in this constellation, the singer, the bass player, and me, the guitar player, we, uh, we've been in this, in this band since the beginning. We were the formers of the band. Nice. Did you ever imagine you'd still be doing this 10 years later? Um, actually, Yes. Because we always wanted to play music and we always wanted to reach the next level. We always wanted to be more or less successful, but um, there was always the goal to make this in a, in a professional way, more or less. So there was never the idea behind to make just a school band out of it or just a bunch of teenagers who uh, want to try out how everything works with playing guitars and all that stuff we always wanted to be a real band and to be a, a successful band so to say and now we have a record deal we toured uh worldwide we 
uh, toured with, 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 with big bands. Um, so uh, at least a few goals we already achieved. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so you, how, how many shows do you guys play a year? I would say between 30 and 50, something like this. Yeah, well, it's, it's quite a few shows because you have to factor in travel time and all that stuff. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. What's, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on tour? Maybe the best thing and maybe the worst thing. I'd, uh, I'm not so good <laughs> in telling these stories. Um, okay. I would say, I would say the, the worst thing was when we, we played a little festival in Romania, I guess it was two years ago, and the organization was so so unbelievably bad you can't imagine. Um, nothing nothing was prepared. So I, I, really, I really mean nothing. Um, we, we arrived there, then the police came because all this, this festival was not allowed to happen and um, almost everything... Uh, was cancelled. We drove there 15 hours by our own, by bus, I have to say before. Um, I guess this was the worst thing. But in the end, we played the show and it was a cool show. The people went crazy and all that stuff. And the best thing, a trip to Japan was a very cool thing last year in September. That's something what so many bands and people dream of to to play shows in Japan. And we, we had this opportunity to go there and that's that's a very nice thing, yeah. Yeah. I I bet I am, you guys were received really well in Japan. Yeah, I understand yeah. the Japanese fans are kind of crazy about metal. They love power yeah. metal, is f- from what they, I they, understand. They, they love German power metal bands, yeah. yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they fit the bill right away. So the crowds were good then? Yeah, they were so fantastic, so enthusiastic, um, so friendly and they really um how can I say they really appreciate what you're doing on stage? So, and you really can feel this uh, so so much energy. So, um, compared to other audiences, they are very very happy to see you. Very enthusiastic. They're jumping from the first minute to the last minute. They do everything you want from them. It's it was a very nice experience. Awesome. So, as a power metal band, obviously, like you can you can see influence of like Maiden and stuff in it. But what other bands? In the in the power metal realm, do you think uh, have influenced your writing and your band the most? Um, well, I would say everything started with Hammerfall. Hammerfall was the reason because we wanted to play this music, and Hammerfall is still one of my favorite bands. Um, but I would not say that we're in, that we are inspired that much by. By any other bands, of course, every everyone says that we sound like Dragon Force and we steal everything from Glory Hammer. This is what all the critics <laughs> say. But um, I have to say that it's absolutely not the case. Um, we do what we want to do and what we are doing. Um, so actually, I can't name you any band. Of course, okay. I have my favorites like like Blind Guardian and Halloween, but I would not say that they influenced us this this much. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So here's a different style of question. What kind of guitar are you playing right now? What's your What's your rig look like? Ah, that's a cool question. <laughs> I'm with Jackson Guitars my entire career, so to say. I'm, I play the Randy Rhodes models. Yeah. Um, with active EMG pickups. 
Um, for the past years, I was using PVMs, especially the the, the 61, uh, nay, or the, the 6505 and yeah. the triple X. You know the XXX? I do, yeah. Yeah, and a few months ago, I checked out the Hughes and Kettner Black Spirit 200 floor amp. Don't know if you have heard about this. Absolutely. And this is what I play in now. Um, so you, I don't have to carry anymore a big, big hat. Um, so I just have everything in my small uh, foot case. Yeah. Um, the, the, the whole amp is, is just a, just a pedal, you know, and that's my main rigs right now. So what's your um, what's your feeling on something like uh, like a Kemper Profiler or an Axe FX2? Or I think there's another one that was just announced at NAM now. I can't remember who announced it. Nero DSP. Um, um, I never, never really checked this out. There are a few bands which have a great tone with all the camper stuff, but I know so, or I saw so many bands who really had a shitty tone with all that camper stuff. And I personally don't want to miss a real guitar cabinet, you know? Yeah. With the, with the camper stuff and all the, and all these things, you have the opportunity to go straight into the PA. But I don't want to miss um, the feeling of a real guitar cabinet. I need uh, the punch from behind and the sound. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. No, it's cool. I just at, at a lot of metal shows I go to, I, I'm starting to see so many bands use like like the the Kemper or the Axe effects like. Like on seventy thousand tons of metal last year, there were so many campers. I couldn't believe it. And uh, then, if they if they if they have a great tone, then it's okay. But yeah. I have to say that I'm absolutely not a gear nerd. You know, I think let's keep it as simple as possible. Just a few knobs to to dial with, and then you have this camper with thousands of possibilities and to create everything. And I'm not that sound engineer guy nerd whatever you know i'm i say let's keep it as simple as possible yeah so what why choose the emg active pickups over over like a a high output passive pickup um i i play emg since forever actually and they never let me down a few years ago i bought a another jackson guitar the gus g signature yeah who has active um senior duncan's and they have a bit more output compared to the EMGs. But right now I play my EMG guitars again, and I have to say they sound still awesome. So for me, it's the perfect it's 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 a perfect choice, I must say. Oh, I, I'm just curious. I'm a guitar nerd. I don't know if you can tell, but um, he's just a nerd. Yeah, I, <laughs> I recently okay. outfitted two of my guitars with the um, John Petrucci DiMarzio um, Crunch Lab pickup. And yeah. and it's just unbelievable for I, I play in in drop C or C standard, so when I used it, I was like, "Oh, that's the pickup I want." So, but I'm always curious. Like, I have more guitars to put pickups in, so I'm trying to get your feedback on pickups. <laughs> we, we could talk <laughs> yeah. about gear, you know. So yeah, um, so many people right now talking about these these, these fishman pickups. Um. But I never, I never played them. So as I said before, I'm super satisfied with my EMGs, and they they work. They work for my for my kind of playing. So right now, there is no need to change anything. Never say never. Maybe I will check out other pickups 
in the future, but right now I go with EMGs and I only use the bridge pickup. It's all I need. Nice. Yeah. Are you using any overdrive pedals? Uh, I bought a little mower, Green Mile. Yeah. You know the mower pedals? I don't know. Because they're super small pedals. They look like a baby version of a, of a proper normal pedal. But but they sound good. It's, just, it's, it's kind of a Tube Screamer clone. Okay. Um, just to push my, my Dukes and Kettner a bit. That's, that's all, yeah. Nice. But all effects, all effects and all you need is built in in these Dukes and Kettners. Black Spirit, Floor, Amp. So it's all you need. That's amazing. Bruce? What, what kind of touring plans do you have in support of the record? Are you guys planning ahead now? Or is it too early? Or no, right now we uh, already played a bunch of release shows, which means that we played full headliner shows, a full ninja set. Um, we will tomorrow's the next show, and we will have uh, three or more of these release shows. Then we will go on a European tour with Serenity in April. Oh, nice! We that's another Napalm artist, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we're gonna do with some some summer festivals so um, here and there, and hopefully another European or a proper tour in autumn and winter this year. Okay. So I know Chris often asks this question, but I'll go ahead and uh, jump beat him to the punch here. If fans want to find you guys, what's the best way do you, to get in contact with you? Um, we are our normal website, um, victoriousmetal.net. Or, and of course, um, Facebook and Instagram. Okay, and you're fairly active on the social media? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Chris? I'm, I'm, all, I'm all out of questions. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Yes, Dirk, yeah, thank I, you for taking the time. I appreciate it. I have to thank you. Thanks for the interview. Excellent. Right. You have a fantastic day, and good luck with the record. Uh, thanks, man. Good luck. Cheers. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!